Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 114 of Midweek Metagame. I'm your host, Gabriel Massif, aka Yellow Hat, joined by none of my regular co hosts. They all bail on me. Instead, I'm joined with a special guest, the wonderful Spider Space. How's it going? Hey. Yeah, it's it's going well. I I didn't know that this was going to be the the Gabe and Gab show, but it's fine with me. Yeah, no, for sure. I was, uh, you know, a lot, not nervous, but a little anxious, you know. Um, but it, it should be good. Before we get into the episode, I'd like to, of course, shout out our amazing sponsor, Card Market. Card Market is Europe's largest online marketplace for trading card games. If you need to buy, sell card magic cards or cards from other game, definitely check out cardmarket.com. Also, if you want to support us directly, content will always be free. But uh, if you want to support us financially, the best place to do so is uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash midweekmedicame, I believe. All right. Without a that out of the way, as Harry would say, well, 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 another week, another canister challenge win, but really a uh, second place, a uh, spider space, second place in the modern showcase. Um, so we're going to get into that, but I guess first, maybe, uh, we should introduce you. I know you from you streaming for a while now mm-hmm. and um yeah i guess uh if you want to introduce yourself as sure. as as you know little or much you want to tell us about how you got into magic or all that stuff yeah um i've been playing magic for a long time basically i think i was like seven when my older brother was like oh you gotta you know as older brothers do, so you got to play this game with me. Um, and then, of course, I didn't know what I was doing, and he would just demolish me. But it's fine because now I'm the better Magic player, so it's it's I'm 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 the better Maxin, you know. Uh, <laughs> so um, he he doesn't even play Magic anymore. So I I, I feel like that's a that's a moral victory. Um, but I I only started taking it a little more seriously. I think it was my sophomore year at university and i like downloaded mtgo and i feel like it's just such a different thing it skyrockets you into like actually knowing what's going on um and you you understand it better and you know all of that uh for a long time i've been sort of known as the taxes guy like just in a taxes aficionado there was like a dude in you know, our casual play group who would just show up with his legacy taxes deck. And I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. And so I started getting into modern. I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. It was like the interaction that I really liked it was Manamo with Mangara. So for those who don't know, it's like you're trying to exile a permanent with the Mangara and then you untap it with the Manamo and then exile another thing. And I was like, oh, it just replaces Caracas. But you know, even then I think, uh, Mangara wasn't really a playable modern card. <laughs> um, but gosh darn it, I tried. So I played tags for a long time. Um, There's like a lot to explore in that archetype. And uh, I've been really, I'm a, I'm a brewer at heart. Um, so that, that deck nowadays is not 
I mean, some people would be like, it was never good, but I think there are periods where it was at least decent. And I, I don't think it's, it's very decent at all today. Um, so, you know, just playing all sorts of things. Um, I'm certainly not anywhere. I mean, no one's near nearly as accomplished as, as you are, of course, <laughs> but um, I, I, played i guess technically one pt I, I don't know if they would have even called it a pt it was one of those like arena ones um so that's uh it was about a year ago now um i qualified for that with the valky cascade deck so i i you know <laughs> i'm supposed to be the taxes guy and my the way i i got to the, the the pro tour was with like the most degenerate thing possible um and I mean, that, that's the thing, right? It's like, if I can't tax then it's like, all right, then no one's having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't uh, remember if I played very much modern while that deck was legal. Cause I don't remember really playing the deck and playing very little against it. But yeah, that deck was, that deck got nerfed real fast was the, the errata. It, it was not around very long. And I, I think it even took, it might've been a month and it was like, for two of those weeks, it wasn't even on top of the heap. Like you had a lot of people doing the other Valky Cascade thing with uh, with the trickery, so that you'd like try to spin in like Emrakul and stuff. Uh, or maybe it was only two weeks. I don't know. It, it was a very short amount of time, and it took about half the time for people to realize that cascading into Tibble was really good. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just played one of those like blue soup. Valky Cascade decks and it was like all mirrors. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh lately I've been playing a good good deal of uh creativity. I feel like that deck is really fun. Um I feel like it's got those like combo control vibes. You know, everyone always talks about how much fun Twin was. And I feel like it kind of has some of that going on where you just like have a good fair game plan with all your planeswalkers, and then you just Hey, here's this thing that you're probably never beating. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you've been playing that. You also put Reanimator on the map. I feel earlier this year was it you? Was it you and other people? I feel like it was maybe you. Yeah, yeah, I had uh, the first top eight of a challenge with it. I think were you also in the top eight of that challenge? I think you beat me in the Swiss with Living End. <laughs> yeah, I think I beat you in the Swiss and. I mean, I don't remember how well I ended up doing, but yeah, I remember, yeah, we played and I think we both made top eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that that's like part of my whole, you know, I'm wanting to brew, I'm wanting to try new things. Um, and that was like one of the first instances of that deck. Um, I know, I mean, my, my particular build of creativity is a little bit different, but just a little bit, mostly it's in the payoff and then I, I, I play Archon and other people tend to prefer the the Sarah's plus uh, Sarah's emissary plus Emrakul, though you have some people who also did the like whole Titan build. Um, yeah, but yeah, should yeah. I should I explain why why I like Archon? <laughs> I, I had a few questions. You said you 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 like to brew a lot, but you were also kind of always playing taxes. So was it just like? I mean, I know you were playing like every possible version of taxes, but mm -hmm. I felt like that was a little contradictory. Uh, did you like also like build other decks or was it just brewing was in the range of taxes? Both, yeah. both. 
Um, I mean, at, at first, like before I really knew what was going on, it was like mostly that and Affinity as my first modern decks. But of course, I did the thing that every Magic player wants to do where they make the deck worse because they want to put cards in it that they like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I did a, a bit of that. Um, but I, I, I've played just about every modern archetype there is and tried brewing with them as well as ones that aren't archetypes. Um, and as time has gone on, I've, I've played probably progressively less taxes and not even that it, it's, um, you know, power level was necessarily bad or something like um, last March, I, I won the, the modern mana traders series with taxes, but at the same time I was playing all sorts of other decks. I actually messed around with creativity back then a bit uh, where I had like through the breach as well as creativity and Emrakul. Um, so it, it's more like taxes was sort of my home base. And then I would venture out and try all, all the other things. Yeah. And, and you stream a bit too as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been pretty bad about it lately. Um, I, I tried for a little bit of like trying to take it a little more seriously. And I realized that turning my hobby into a job was not what I wanted to do. Um, so it's, it's become like the, the joke I like to make is it's, it's exclusive. Uh, so you just have to know when I'm, <laughs> yeah. when I'm going live, but, um, I do a bit of other content as well. Um, I'll occasionally like guest stream on, on other people's places. Probably the one I'm on the most is, is Eros, who's actually, um, I have my own podcast, uh, it's a modern oriented. So I imagine if people like it here, they probably like ours as well, which is uh, Mishra's Babble. And that's with uh, Francisco or F. Pablush and Evros. Oh, is that how you say it? F. Pablush? I've always said F. Pablush and he's never tried to correct me. Yeah, I, th I think it's Pablush. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> he, usually, he, he spells it every single time and I, I'm just not going to do it for him, but... <laughs> Sweet, sweet, sweet. And uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, streaming is, streaming on Twitch is, there's just, it's just so hard to like make it, make any kind of money really, unless you're doing really well. So I, I think it makes sense. It's, uh, it's interesting to have perspective of someone who does it as their hobby and kind of tried, but I, I kind of, I always, amazed i always kind of want to say something when i see people who like want to get into streaming seriously i'm like why would you do that you know i mean i i do it because i knew i wasn't going to start from zero and i had all money set aside and you had a few months and it just seems so crazy to me if you're if you're honestly if you're good enough and dedicated enough and disciplined enough to to become a big magic streamer from scratch you can probably put that time to better use honestly <laughs> probably smart enough and you know yeah to, to, to do better use of our time but um... maybe i mean i at the time that i i tried a little more seriously i it was sort of between jobs and yeah. i had a little bit of money so it was like eh, like i i already do this a, a bit um and i i don't know it just kind of drained me and it was one of these things of like oh you know you got to start at like you know whatever time it is like let's say it's you know 8 a.m and it's like man that that just made me not want to play the game it's like yeah it just took the fun out of it um and i i, I don't know you know i, I i've been around uh, the, at least the tags community known who i am and i i think you know i've been on mtgo's queues long enough where people 
sometimes will know who I am. So it's not like I feel I had just like a pure zero start. Um, but it, it, it's still, you know, like yeah. getting a hundred viewers isn't, <laughs> it's not hitting the big time. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes, it makes sense. Just enjoy. Yeah. Don't, you don't want to ruin, especially if you have, you know, you have a real job, you don't want to ruin your hobby that you're supposed to, you're supposed to enjoy and stuff and relax and make it, make it a chore. That makes right. sense. Um, okay. Well, yeah, you got second in the showcase. So if you top eight the showcase, that qualifies you for a 32 or 40 player tournament, right? That's the same format. And then if you top two that one, you go to the mocks. Is that how it works now? Yeah, I believe it's top two, but you also get uh, leaderboard points. So at the end of the season, even if you didn't get top two, if you got enough top eights in the event, like the one I top eighted, then you'll be towards the top of the heap. And I think a certain number of those players also get invited to the mocks. They might might be the top two of them if they're not already qualified. Are you potentially in the running? Do you have extra points beside that one second place finish? Well, this was, as far as I'm aware, this was the first Pumped event of that season. type for the year. Okay. So. All right. I'm in a good spot for the time nice. being. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. And uh, yeah, you top eight. It was something that I think I'd seen a few months ago was Archon as the top end in creativity, but that you don't see a ton. So I don't know if you want to talk to us about the deck, you know, why you play this, if you had been playing it for a while, the kind of story behind it. Yeah. Uh, so it's actually kind of funny. Um, I, I mentioned that I played with creativity a while ago. So this was like pre-MH2, you know, there was no uh, Solitude, no Unholy Heat. Um, and it's interesting seeing how that deck has evolved. I, I've never really liked the primetime build that much. Um, just because the whole benefit in my mind is you play it on turn four. And if you've done that, then, you know, if you only have four lands, the Titan is getting Valakut. So it gives you inevitability, but it's just putting a 6-6 six, six in place. It's like at that point, I feel like I would rather just play Amulet. But um, the other builds have kind of evolved off of the whole Velamachus thing they were doing towards uh, Emrakul and Sarah's Emissary. But my, my thing is that that's a good way to adapt, right? Um, so that you're not just losing to like a Teferi Bounce or a Solitude or a um, Unholy Heat. But you're doing X equals two. And I feel like at that point, it's less of like a pseudo one card combo. Um, and yeah, sure, you can do it for one. Like you just hope you hit your Emrakul or your Sarah's Emissary match dependent. But a lot of the time, I feel like that might not be good enough depending on the matchup. Um, so I felt like Archon was the best way to maximize the X equals one with the sort of idea that if I'm doing it for two or three, like how often are two or three Archons not also just winning the game? Um, yeah. I guess for those of you who, the few, I'm guessing most people know what the deck does, but for those of you who don't know, it's based around Indomitable Creativity, which is triple red and X. And basically it transforms artifacts or creatures that you target into cards from your deck. You flip till you reveal artifacts or creature. So long story short, you want to only play, the only artifacts or creature you want to play in your deck are the cards you want to hit off Creativity. And to get these tokens and these artifacts, since you can't play, you know, anything but Archon or Emrakul or whatever you want to hit, you get the tokens was Dwarven Mine, 
um, the clue card, uh, the craft card, what's it called? Hardened evidence. Hardened evidence, maybe a treasure from Prismari Command. So you, you kind of cheat. I guess that deck was also a thing in on Arena and Historic. Um, yeah. Or sorry, hard hard evidence, as everyone jokingly refers to it, you know, uh, Craven Inspector, because it's basically Thraven Inspector, but with crabs. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's the the payoff of the deck. And there, there's a couple other builds of it going around. Like right now, there's a blue-red or maybe Drixis build that's also on Archon. But I, I really like this. I mean, mine, I guess, is technically it's a full five-color version. And the reason I, I think it's so good is because the other cards in the deck are all just really high-quality magic cards. You know, you're, you're running Renin 6 and Teferi and Prismatic Ending and Jason Mind Sculptor and Fire and Ice. Um, arguably, Remand is not that high quality of a magic art anymore but it's it's decent interaction for the deck um so i mean you got the whole like super friends plan going on as well and frankly i, I mean i i think there's a certain package there of just like turn two ren turn three to fairy and and that just beats so many of the fair decks in in modern i mean it's why like the the, the four color control decks are doing the same thing yeah, the Omnat deck, arguably best deck in the format, had a pretty good showing against this weekend. And um, yeah, I was never impressed by the Emrakul versions. I felt like even when they got these cards into play, it didn't always win. You could just bounce it with a Teferi, even before Solitude, bounce it with a Chase. It's possible it's just uh, a bias because of the decks I play. Sometimes in modern, if you don't play every deck, if you play two or three decks, it might happen that you have a good matchup with all these decks against a specific deck, and then you feel like, okay, that deck's not that good. I just beat it every time. And that's kind of always been my experience playing against creativity. But mm -hmm. I agree, Archon does seem much better. I remember when I used to play the Glimpse of Tomorrow deck, the, the version was all the monsters instead of the value version, where you're just trying to flip into play Eldrazi's and stuff. You know, it, it was right around when Archon was released, and I don't remember if I started with four Archon, but after playing a few matches, I was like, Archon's the card I always want to flip. I don't even care about Emrakul. I'd much rather flip an Archon and play it than, than an Emrakul or whatever else <laughs> I was playing. You know, an Iona, a card's just so hard to beat. I know when I play against Reanimator, I play some decks, and I feel like one Archon just literally undoes anything my deck can do, and I would need to be so far ahead to to even be one archon kind of same thing with living in in game one it feels like if they get an if they get an archon in the in the yard it's almost over you know you can't win anymore <laughs> like, um, are you gonna put that in play for me yeah yeah the sideboard games are different but yeah game one was living in I'm like well they have an archon in the yard i guess that's game maybe i can cast <laughs> maybe i can hope they draw awful counter every reanimated spell and just actually cast my cards and be done that way um, that's what you did to me <laughs> yeah in the sideboard games but yeah yeah um so it does so, it yeah go ahead. go ahead no i was gonna say so i can see why you would be uh you know going that direction and rely on archon rather than any other creature mm. I, it is a little bit nuanced of course like as you sort of alluded to and you're playing the controlled x like teferi wrath right um so archon i think is better against the control decks um just because it, it interacts with the board right like i can make you sack your planeswalker and your discarding cards and i'm drawing cards it's just 
very hard for them to beat it in particular. I think it's also better against like burn, but you know, it, it, it depends on the card um, and, and, and the matchup that your, your payoff is right. So like if I have uh Sarah's emissary in my deck against hammer time, that's largely going to just be better than Archon. Right. Um, so it, it, it does, it is a little bit, you know, it's not just, I, I don't think one of them is strictly better than the other, um, like against the unholy heat decks, I will actually go to one Archon, one Emrakul that's in the sideboard um, because they just, the Unholy Heat decks can't beat an Emrakul. Um, so it's not just for Mill, though. That's a nice, nice little bonus. <laughs> nice little bonus, yeah. Can they, deal, uh, can they deal with the Emissary after sideboard? Did you consider having the Emissary in your sideboard as well? Yeah, I, I thought about it. Um, I mean... So post board, the hammer would presumably bring in path if they have it. A lot of the lists will have a couple, and I didn't feel like Archon wasn't doing the job. Like it was still fine there, and I don't know that I'm going to hit the emissary. So it felt like just too narrow of a thing. Where Emrakul, I was actually bringing it in. Like I would have just a fourth threat against control decks. I would bring it in against the unholy heat decks. I bring it in against mill. Whereas the uh, emissary is really just for hammer time. Yeah. So how often do you cast it? Because I know there's exactly two black sources in your list. There's a triome, semi triome, and a blood crypt. Mm -hmm. I thought it would maybe come up. I played a league with the deck for uh, for CFV this weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm 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 not gonna spoil because I want to have your opinions first. But uh, <laughs> yeah. How often, how often do you cast Archon? And also, if you maybe want to walk us through, you know, the matchups, if you've played the deck enough, I'm, I'm not sure if you've liked Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it, it definitely does come up. I, I think that's one of the strengths of having Archon as opposed to like Emrakul. You know, you might occasionally hard cast your Sarah's Emissary, but you're almost never hard casting Emrakul. Um, I don't even think they have enough lands to do it. I think you would have to be like one or maybe two treasure tokens plus every land in the deck. Um, so, I mean, you know, with Renin Six in particular, the, frankly, that's probably the best card in the deck is Renin Six. And Renin Six is just going to guarantee your land drop so you can kind of play control. And if you don't draw a creativity, sometimes it's just like, all right, you know, here's here's an Archon. Um, I know, I, I think I actually did play against control and it was like, I got a creativity X equals one off and I killed their big Teferi. You know, they discard a card that went to, went to their turn and they played a, a little Teferi and bounced it. And I just went untapped. I was like, all right, I'm going to hard cast the Archon. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're a control deck. You slow the game down a lot and it's not going to come up every game, um, but maybe like once or twice a league, probably on average. Okay. That's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it it, it comes up. Um, I also think the the sideboard thought seizes are are, are pretty nice. Um, I, I, I like I've, I've liked those. I've thought about actually going to a third one. Yeah, um, and, and does the deck have polarized matchups? It kind of like solid across the board. Yeah, I think the hardest matchups that I've found are the Cascade decks. Um, now it depends, of course, on the Cascade deck. Like I think Rhinos is probably the most beatable of the Cascade decks. 
for for this one, uh, whereas Living End is the least beatable. Um, I think I haven't played against the uh, Glimpse deck enough to really know. I, I actually got fifth in the week before Saturday challenge, and that was what I lost to in the top eight was was the Glimpse deck. And it seemed like you know they had a hard time beating Teferi, but then they would just like fury it, and then they can they can reasonably attack it. And um, I know I, I like put in an Archon, and then they had their own Teferi, and they just bounced it. I was like, oh, well, I'm dead. <laughs> um, so that one maybe is closer, but I, I think a lot of the the decks in the meta are, are pretty close matchups. Um, I feel pretty good against all the control decks. I know that in both the challenge and the showcase, I played against a good amount of blue-white control, and I think that that matchup is super good for you. Um, just like Ren into Teferi is so hard for them to beat. And then post-board, you get your Veil of Summers and your Thought Seizes and Flusterstorm if you wanted. So it just, like, your interaction is is so good and your your payoffs are, are hard for them to, to beat. Like, you know, if I play Teferi or Ren and Six and then they Prismatic ending it, they're tapped out. So here's Teferi, right? But if they don't kill it, then whatever, I'm just going to tick Ren up. I'm going to cycle my Triomes. I'm going to get Dwarves. I'm going to do all the things. Um, as far as the other decks in the meta, I think I've actually felt like the Death Shadow matchup is slightly favorable. Um, I know other people who have played the deck have thought it's like, there's no way, but I, I think, you know, of all the times I've played against it, I'm, I've beaten it more than not like like six or seven of those times um so you know it, I, I think it's like a little favored um they can certainly get under you it's like the kind of matchup where you might actually get to cast archon too just with yeah all your packing and i mean the the biggest thing i've noticed for that matchup is just i mean it's just turn to rent frankly like especially if you're on the play or if you're on the draw with removal as well it's like you know, if I'm on the play, I play land, whatever, they play Ragavan or DRC, and then you just, you kill it. Or if they didn't play a threat and you just take up and get a land, it, like, they're just immediately at least two for one, if not more. Um, so you just, like, immediately start the game off in this pretty commanding position. Yeah. Um, Hammer, I think, is very close. I, I would guess they, they might be slightly favored. Um, I've been seeing like way less hammer time. I don't, I don't think I played against it at all in the challenge or the showcase, um, which is a little weird. Yeah, there was actually no copies of hammer time in neither the showcase nor a challenge last weekend. And it hasn't been showing up. You play against it a decent bit still, but it hasn't had crazy results. I know at some yeah. point when they started splashing black for Thoughtseize, I thought the Hammer Time deck looked really strong and I was struggling against it was most of the decks I was playing, but I played a tiny bit with it. I wasn't impressed. I mean, it was just one league, I think, but didn't feel super consistent and didn't feel mm. like anything special. I I feel like Hammer is one of those decks that, you know, their nut draws can basically beat anybody and they're, I mean... I think they're pretty good still, but a lot of people are very prepared for them. So it's like, you know, you're ready for your Urza sagas. You've brought your Alpine Moons or yeah. your Spreading Seas or whatever it is. You've got your Force of Vigors ready. And like when they have all the hate, it feels like 
they can still win, but I feel like they're not as likely to win. I, I also, I haven't played this matchup that much, but I hear Death Shadow players think they're favored against Hammer, which of course doesn't help. Yeah. Um, I think the, the Blue-Red Merktide matchup is pretty similar to the Death Shadow matchup. I feel like those decks operate pretty similarly. Um, Blood Moon is an issue from them, but otherwise I, I think their threats are a little bit easier to deal with just because like you can remand a Merktide or like Teferi bounce a Merktide and those are both really good plays. Um, I think Burn... Burn, I'm not sure. I, I I know typically creativity folks think Burn is an unwinnable matchup. I've I think I've only played against it like maybe four times uh, since picking the, the this version of the deck up, and I think I've won three of the four. Um, but I I do think it helps that Archon is the payoff against them. Obviously, they just like you know if you resolve a creativity, they they pretty much lose. Yeah. Um, right. Your mana is painful though. Yeah, I'm gonna hit you with my uh, five match sample uh, analysis and feedback, and you, you can tell me what you think. So, spoiler alert: I went two and three. I lost round one to the Benchmind deck, the new Benchmind deck, hmm. and they had Spell Pierce and Thoughtseize after sideboard. I won game one. They didn't do super well. And sideboard, sideboard games were really tough. I think one game they just had the spell pierce for my Archon. And the other game, I just didn't draw creativity. But even if I had, I'm not sure I would have won because they were just going way too wide. So I got okay. in a spot where even if I hit creativity, it was tough. Mm -hmm. And I noticed you didn't have any sideboard hate. I know obviously you can't play the spell bombs, the artifacts. So you would have to go was, I guess, Leyline of the Void. Mm -hmm. or maybe surgical extraction was that a, a conscious choice to just be like yeah a, or do you feel like you would have an inherent advantage against the graveyard decks no i just didn't feel like there were that many graveyard decks so i i had i had rest in peace in the deck previously and i noticed that i didn't even want to bring it in against death shadow and i felt like if i'm not bringing it in here where am I bringing it in? Like, I don't, I don't think it's going to make enough of a difference to turn living in into a good matchup. And that was really the only graveyard deck that I was that concerned about. Like, obviously you'd bring it in against Yawgmoth, um, but that's not like a huge deck in the meta. Like the Vengevine deck and like Dredge are just not very played right now. And Reanimator would just be like, we're basically doing a very similar thing. <laughs> uh, but I think I have the better fair cards. So, like, I think I, I'm, I haven't played against Reanimator, I don't think, at all with it yet. Um, but I, I think it's probably close or maybe even slightly favored. So, yeah. um, all right. Next, I think I lost to a Naya deck, like kind of Nakadal Goblin Guide backed up with Burn. So that felt mm -hmm. pretty tough because they have the fast pressure and they can kind of deal with some of your uh, some of your tokens, not all of them, but that fell a little rub. They also have potentially a Tarkus command for the turn they uh, you Archon, they can Tarkus command and on tap finish you off if you're mm -hmm. already pretty low. I think I lost to maybe regular burn too, 
and then I beat Green Tron, which felt kind of okay. You have remands, you have cards that do stuff. Your version did have, I think, two Alpine Moons plus a few discard spells in the sideboard. Mm -hmm. So that was okay. And then I beat um, Mono Red Midrange, kind of Bridge Chandra. Pr pretty easy. They didn't have that Blood Moon, but they didn't have the Rituals. So they couldn't even get the, the cheese turned to Blood Moon on play or anything like that. <laughs> and um, yeah, that, that felt pretty easy. You also have a, you had a ton of answers to Blood Moon. You have Wire Terrors in your sideboard and Prismatic Ending was the two basics. So that felt... So kind of, I guess, a fringe matchups. But one thing that stood out was that, you know, maybe potentially there's some... Oh, no, you know what I lost to? I lost to Belcher, where it felt mm. like... Archon just obviously lines up really poorly against Belcher. You'd rather have Emrakul because you can get it into play and attack them once and still not kill them. You'd have a lot of answers. I think I got a little unlucky. One game, I think they just went Belcher, packed my packed my Remand, packed my Prismatic Ending, untap, killed me in the upkeep. And then game two, I kept a terrible hand. But <laughs> I actually, I didn't end up doing it. I just ended up trimming creativities and some of my win cons but that was one of my questions do you ever trim out uh, trim all the creativities and all the creatures because i felt like the way your version was built specifically maybe against belcher i could have just literally turned into you know just rely on teferi ren my two j's just all removal all counters and not not because it's kind of tough to tap out for creativity against them i guess yeah uh i haven't had any matchup where i've taken all of them out um, I haven't played against Belcher either. I do think that that matchup should be difficult because I, I think Blood Moon can be an issue. Like, if if you have the ability to prepare for it, where you like you get your basic or you already have a token in play or whatever, like you can beat a Blood Moon. But Blood Moon is probably the single best individual card against the deck, I would say. Um, and they of course also have their combo. Um, I mean, I frankly, I I, I thought that. Belcher and Oops would have a really similar kind of matchup against me. Obviously, Oops doesn't have Blood Moon, but I, I did play against Oops twice in the showcase. I think it was the same player both times, and I I feel like I got really lucky to win the match both times. Um, I, our matches were absolutely ridiculous. Like one of the games, I I ulted Ren in six, and I beat them to death with four dwarves. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I did notice that you can uh, Prismari command the Oops player after they they go off. You can just make them draw when all their triggers are on the stack. Oh yeah, um, which is pretty silly. <laughs> um, but I, I think Oops is probably a little easier than Belcher. Um, but yeah, I would imagine Belcher is a hard matchup. I mean, it's similar, right? Like four color control is also supposed to be bad against Belcher. Um, both because Blood Moon is good and they can't always be ready for their pretty quick combo, also backed up by Pacts. Um, and that's kind of my like backup plan of, you know, if creativity is not good enough, then it's like, oh, I have this like good, like controlish four color like package. So I, I would imagine Belcher is definitely a bad matchup. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I feel like the way your deck's configured, actually, I didn't pull the trigger, but I think maybe it's just the way to go because I think I ended up with some endings in my sideboard just because you had the wear tears. I was thinking maybe I wanted Veil of Summers and Fluster Storm. Mm -hmm. So you actually have a lot you can bring in and maybe that's just the way to go and just, you know, just cheese them, get a Teferi, then get a Jace and um, beat it. Um, okay. Uh, uh, 
Oh, sorry. Is there something you wanted to add to? Yeah. I mean, if you get the Teferi out and they don't immediately go for the combo, then the creativity is actually quite good because you can just end step creativity and then the game is basically over. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Another thing I noticed was the mana. It's kind of bad and it's especially tricky when you have all these cheap interactive spells that are all different color and mana. And sometimes you want to be able to cast them on turn one, which means you can't get a charm right away, and which can make things worse. And I, I got into awkward spots against um, the self mill deck when I was trying to keep up potentially Veil. But so I was wondering if you've ran into that problem a lot, and if maybe the deck would be better off with fewer colors. Yeah. Um, so my initial build of the deck of like Archon Creativity actually kind of more resembled like the Grixis ones floating around now. I actually ran, this is like pre-Faithful um, Mending, um, but I, I just ran like four Prismari commands and had multiple like persists and stuff. So I was like reanimator creativity things. Um, and I didn't have any of the Planeswalkers, of course. But I, I don't think that version of the deck is just generally as good I, I think like the whole planeswalker thing is is a huge strength of it so i think you're at the very least four colors um you could not play the fifth for for hard casting archon but i i felt like it was worth it um the mana certainly is tricky i i agree but i i feel like it's worked largely for me of just you know, you really have to think about all of your fetch lands and maybe it's because, you know, like I, I made the deck, right? So like, I know like, oh, you know, I really need to be able to draw thought seize here and that's like the card that I want. So I'm going to fetch a black source because that's how I win the game, right? Like it could just be a familiarity thing, but you, you certainly can get screwed. I think the worst it's been are two situations. One where you just don't draw fetch lands. Like I, I've kept hands that like, can cast the stuff and I'll even have Ren and Six, but then I just never draw a fetch land and then my cards don't work. <laughs> um, and then the other situation is that the basics are, are pretty awful to be in the deck, honestly. I, I keep wanting to cut the island and then I bring it back and then I cut it and then I bring it back. <laughs> uh, the, the planes, I think, is worth it just because um, versus aggro, like Burn in particular, that those matchups are hard. And I think being able to fetch a non-shock land that is a removal uh, is is really important. Um, but the island, I I don't know. Maybe maybe you're just supposed to lose the blood moon more. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's tough. I definitely felt like there's a little tension there with all the colors. Maybe it's my bad for maybe maybe you want to keep it in mind when you're sideboarding in a specific matchup, not have all your cheap cards in, in different colors in the early turn, or maybe I got a little passive with my sequencing, but I, I was wondering, uh, it is true when you look at the deck, you're like, well, the Renin 6, you said, is the best card. I would kind of tend to agree. I think that card's just, you know, we talk about Ragavan snowballing a lot, but Renin 6, the same thing. There's so many games where you're on the play, you play turn two, Ren uncontested, and it feels like you can't possibly lose. They're just so far behind. And reverse, when I'm against Ren, I'm on the drum like man, a death trend to in there it just feels so so bad. It's um, I mean it's just so good against so many matchups. Like obviously a deck like Belcher just doesn't care about it at all, but 
the creature decks care about it because you just kill their thing. Like even if they, you know, you're on the play against uh, Hammer and they played a turn one um, Esper Sentinel, yeah, they drew a card, but your Walker is still in play and it killed their thing. Um, so it's just like good against all the creature decks. It's good against the control decks. Um, I will say it's not that good against like Amulet. So basically the other combo decks is where Ren and I guess Burn as well is where it's particularly bad. Um, and I, I did lose to, to Titan in, in the finals. I, I do think that matchup favors them. I, I don't know if it like favors them a lot, but I, I do think it favors them. Yeah. Yeah, Ren, Ren kind of gets a bad rep against Burn. But I think especially mm. when you have Omnath in your deck, I kind of like Ren against Burn because it removes uh, the, 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 the games where you actually draw Omnath, but you don't draw enough lands or whatnot to, to, right. for that card to win you the game. But yeah, when you look at the deck, you need red, obviously, for creativity. You need probably need blue because of hard evidence and Prismari command. And then I guess green is next on the list if you want to cut down on colors because Ren is probably more powerful than Teferi. But then if you don't play white, you lose Teferi and ending and maybe a few sideboard cards. So yeah, maybe I just had like a little bad luck, maybe a little missequencing. Maybe, maybe I should have brought in as many veils or fluster storms as I did. And it would yeah. have made I mean, my, my life less awkward. It's a little, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't watched your videos. It's a little hard for, for me to say. I, I did watch, uh, Manguchi made a video on it. And he like, it was kind of funny cause he kept being like, oh, you know, th th this deck is bad, but then he would put archons into play and he'd start giggling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so maybe he thought it was bad, but he had a good time feeling yeah. like it was bad. Um, but you know, there there are weird small sequencing things that can matter like a huge amount where they're not always intuitive. So like, for instance, I know in, in one of his videos, he like didn't hold, uh, he had a Dwarven Mine in hand and if he'd held it, he could have tried to play it and then immediately creativity with it should he have drawn creativity and he instead like played the thing and then his opponent like prismatic ending the dwarf and then he drew creativity and it's like, oh, you know. Um, yeah. Or I know I got uh, Everos to, to play the deck a while ago and he, he was like a little bit on tilt um, and there was like a couple things in one match. I think he was playing against Rhinos and he was like, man, I just need to draw creativity. I just need to draw creativity. And his opponent played a Charless Agent. You know, they, they get the, the the Rhinos and he had two Veil of Summers in his hand and he I was like, oh, you, you, you got to cycle one. You got to cycle. And he didn't cycle one and he didn't draw creativity. He concedes and he saltily hits draw a card. And of course the next card is creativity <laughs> um so you know th those kind of things they they do come up and it, it's it's weird how much those those small things can matter um i you know i, I beat burn in, in the showcase i actually i kept a one lander against burn post board and i won that match um it, i actually had both the blossoming comms and creativity and like multiple removal spells in the hand and i was like whatever like i'm gonna get the triome i'm a 25 land deck and I got to do this, like, you know, I got lucky. I drew enough lands, but I had just a whole, just ridiculous sequence where they, like, went end of my turn, try to skull crack me, and I went blossoming calm, you know, counter thing, gain to life, goes to my next turn, upkeep, the thing comes off, and they go to skull crack me again, and I'm like, here's the other blossoming calm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was nice. Yeah. I had another card that I should have lost to actually against Tron, but I think they kind of messed up. I basically had... Teferi and they had Karn and a Ratchet Bomb and they didn't get rid of my Teferi, they just plus Karn again. And I mm. just got to untapped, bounce Ratchet Bomb, 
player mailing, player productivity. I was wondering if you ran into that card and if that, that has been a problem. No, you know, I think people really think that Ratchet Bomb and EE, any of these like sweep all your tokens cards are, are really good against you. And, and they're not bad. Like, I think there's plenty of decks where I would bring those in, but I don't feel like they are unbeatable as individual cards. You can, you know, uh, Prismatic, you can Teferi, you can um, Prismari Command. There's just a billion things. Like, I think I played against a Ratchet Bomb out of Etron and I got to go like end step ice the ratchet bomb and then just untap fetch for the dwarfs creativity and they lost yeah no yeah it's the kind of card that you need to be putting on the pressure it's like if you draw exactly one of that card and you're doing your thing at the same time it can get really hard for the creativity deck i remember i think it was merc tied against creativity i would bring in explosives and sometimes it's the best card ever and sometimes it's a brick so kind of yeah kind of the same thing there Exactly. I, I will say, you, you mentioned Green Tron a couple times. That matchup is really weird. I, I, I keep feeling like I should lose that matchup, and I'm not. And it's very, I'm like, why why am, why am I winning? <laughs> um, well, one of the reasons, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's, it's, it's weird. I mean, like, the Archons just killing their their Planeswalkers is, is really good. Like, you'll, you'll have an Archon, and, like, maybe it makes them sack. Karn four, and then they like slam Karn seven, and then you just like another Archon Karn seven down, and we're just like back in the same spot. But now I've drawn multiple cards, and I, I feel like so many of my games against them, like they end with like I've got an Archon or maybe multiple in play, and then they like, you know, they need to draw something, and you know, a single Karn wouldn't do it, or um maybe ugin wouldn't do it because ugin can't minus to kill the archons right away uh so they need like o stone or but they end up drawing the 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 karn four and then they're like here's a bridge and i'm like okay well i have prismatic ending i have teferi i have prismari command you just have so many ways to answer it with these like on bar on board cards just that they just don't really do it yeah, that was exactly my experience. Just arc and trigger line up nicely against their huge payoff. Ugin not being a solution, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it did feel pretty close still. Um, have you been playing any other decks? I know before the podcast, you were telling me you weren't super enjoying Modern recently, but then you kind of started playing that Archon deck. And sometimes that's all it takes, right? Just one deck you enjoy playing in a format. And can uh, can make the difference so and you're back yeah, yeah. i that, that's exactly what it was i i don't know i i just felt like a lot of my brewing attempts just weren't quite doing it um you know it's like every time i went to build a deck it's immediately like okay am i gonna am i gonna play luris am i gonna play whatever the appropriate uh colored um evoke elemental might be am i going to play you know like of course, there's staples in each color, but it just it felt more and more like it was like, ooh, this is like, you know, MH2 block constructed kind of thing where um, I just had to be playing these cards and it started, I don't know, I just felt like I wasn't having the best time of it. Um, I was playing a bit of like a Wurza deck a while ago um, and it was I was doing all right, but then I was just getting beaten by Grix's Death Shadow every time and I was like running into the deck all the time. Um Frankly, if, if I wanted to improve more as a player, that's like probably my biggest issue is I, I just like should play the best decks more often. 
Um, like I, I really like doing the like, oh, I'm going to like figure out what the deck is for this weekend, right? So like maybe Belcher would be a great choice for this weekend, but you know, Grixis Death Shadow is just still a great choice and was a great choice. And I'm I'm the guy who's like, oh, no, I'm just I'm going to try to play Belcher or Oops or you know whatever it is and get lucky or oh, I want to bring my brew to this challenge and and I mean it works out like the challenges. Um, this last year I've been like wanting to complain because I'll I'll get top eight in challenges and I like got a decent amount of top eights, but it was fifth place every single time. Like I would like get into the the top eight and immediately lose. And I was like, Oh, like I want to be mad, but I just top eighted and like, I really can't be. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I wasn't really in, enjoying it. And I think I was like watching mana symbol and like a while ago I had been kind of, like, hey, like, did you ever try the Archon build? And he was the one who was telling me, oh, the mana's fine. You think it wouldn't be, it wouldn't work, but it's fine. And then I started playing the deck and lately he's been like, oh, the mana, the mana doesn't really work. And I was like, no, it works. It's fine. <laughs> it's like the, 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 the bell curve or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I, I can relate. I, I think it's always been one of my biggest quote unquote leak is not just playing the best deck. I probably cost myself many good finishes in Pro Tours just not practicing the 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 best deck i think the one that sticks with me is the um, the block constructed where i had just played the the splice into arcane deck a lot the gifts on given deck and i decided to play that white blue win hokori ninja like kind of bl blue white aggro control that was kind of good against the the gifts on given deck and instead of just playing the best deck and a lot of time you, you enjoy it too. Once you actually pick up the deck and start playing it and it's interesting and it's fun and sure you're playing maybe the same deck as everyone, but um, you know, yeah. w winning is fun, learning, uh, playing the deck is fun and you can, you know, get good in the mirror too. I know re semi-recently the most notable example is Oko in Modern, just a blue Oko Urza deck. I waited mm -hmm. to like the last week or two of it being legal in, in modern to start playing it. And I was like, what, did, why, why did I wait so long? This is like just so much fun and so good. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I, uh, I think during KCI as well as like Phoenix Hogak, like I, I just wasn't playing those decks. I, I like really loved this particular build of taxes at the time. That was like, um, I called it Thalia Stompy, which I think I'm really the person who put it on the map, which was is like basically it's taxes, but you were running Simeon Spirit Guide and Gemstone Caverns. You were you were more all inish, and you had Eldrazi, but you could like turn one Chalice of the Void, turn one Thalia, turn one Neonan Arbiter, and this kind of thing. Um, and I like I, I've done all right with it. I, I you know top sixteen, top whatever, a decent amount of Moto events. I like cashed a good amount of GPS, but it was the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I'm I'm winning in the leagues against Phoenix. But then you go and I'm like day two in the GP and I'm like, why am I not beating the Phoenix players anymore? Because, <laughs> um, you, you know, you, you're not always playing against people who are like of uh, the, the the caliber where it's like, oh, you know, like maybe this plan works on Moto. But um, once my opponent like knows what what's up, maybe it doesn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was I? gonna talk about i'm sure i'll come back anyways yeah there was the um, top eight this weekend the, the showcase the challenge kind of 
classic uh, classic weekend. 11 different archetypes out of the 16 deck that made top eight. No hammer time. Nothing super new. I feel like every, maybe every other week we have an archetype that pops up or uh, a pretty different version of a known archetype. I don't think anything stood out really uh, this weekend. I guess, I guess besides Archon Creativity, actually. <laughs> besides me, besides yeah. Besides you. <laughs> um, so um yeah oh i know what i want to talk about we didn't the, they announced the bands or the actual in modern skates the no bands i know that mm -hmm. was kind of my prediction was no bands i was thinking maybe Luris is on the chopping block did you have any prediction any hot takes what did you think was going to happen i think i was in almost the exact same boat um i might have expanded it to like maybe they just get rid of the whole mechanic the whole mechan the companion mechanic um but i don't know it just it, it felt like if they just did luris like maybe that's not enough but i i think they probably will eventually ban it um but i i was not at all surprised to see no changes that that's what i thought was most likely yeah i, I wasn't sure because you you kind of think one thing and then you see like people's was their takes you see some speculation you're like did something leak but usually it's just there's just always speculation around that time and i felt it would have been really weird to do something now and it feels like modern's the best it's been in a while and it's it's just so diverse even though you know that some of the cards are really powerful so as you said you know it's kind of not super easy to brew i was pretty surprised that you know the the blue white art artifact deck actually did well and picked up steam. Um, do you, do you feel that way? Because you said you were you weren't super into modern, you weren't enjoying. Do you feel like modern is in a good place, or are you having fun despite modern not being in a good place just because you are um, enjoying that Archon deck right now? I know a lot of people think it's in a good place. I, I don't think it's in a bad spot. I, I think. You know, having the taxes deck as sort of my home base is is a little discouraging when there's like basically no vile deck, like no creature deck like that anymore. Um, they're just all pretty much gone. Um, I'm not saying you can't like five zero league or you know get your three two whatever it is, but I don't really think it's like nearly at the same level of of, of um, competitiveness as as these other as a lot of the other decks in the meta. Um, and I think that was part of it for me. I, it's also just funny to me because people, while they're like, oh man, I, I really want modern to be about interaction, right? Like everyone talks about it. Like they basically want it to be just Jun mirrors all day long. But it seems like I'll like hop in a stream and immediately someone's just complaining about Grixis. And they're like, man, they just, they interacted with me the whole game. It was awful. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like, you know, we as the modern community can be a little bit, uh, two-faced about that of like oh all i want is interaction and then man my opponents just interacted with me too much i didn't like it yeah yeah let me do let me do my thing that requires uh you were talking about where is our earlier i feel like he's urza thopter deck especially because i've been playing artifacts so people have asked me about that deck and i feel like there's just so much that needs to come together when you're playing these kind of cards in your deck and it's kind of easy to get picked apart but yeah, I mean, I guess it's the same for every format. People are always going to complain about something. But if you're not happy with, you know, a format where every weekend there's like 
you know, bunch of different decks in the top eight. There's still people coming up with new builds, new that. Interaction is at its peak because of cards like Fragman and whatnot. And combat actually matters. There's attacking and blocking. What 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 are you hoping for? You know what what do you want if if you're if you don't think like modern is good for? So I was I was glad they didn't they didn't do they didn't touch anything. I thought it would have been really like you know maybe a few weeks ago I could have seen Blurs get, getting banned because it did feel like it was I was playing against Blurs three or four times a league, but it was mm-hmm. but even then it was like burned and Grixis shattered and Hammer Time then maybe Mill. It was still a few different decks, but now it would have yeah. been like kind of almost upset that they even though you know change can be good too you never know what's going to happen right right i mean people are always clamoring for bands unbans all these things and a lot of the time it's just like these nonsense takes like i think i saw a lot of like oh ban urza saga on twitter and it's like i don't know it, it feels like the format is all kind of holding itself together right like people hate playing against teferi time raveler but if it didn't exist and like maybe cascade would be out of hand right like um they hate playing against ren and six but if you didn't have ren and six maybe ragavan is better right like you just have all of these interlocking pieces that make the format what it is and i feel like you know you could ban one or unban another and it's like, well, I feel like you've just kind of taken away one of the pillars that's holding the format up. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like somehow there's that good balance right now. Yeah. Just what you described. Um, cool. Do you want to talk about some of the new cards that they just sure. spoiled with Kamigawa? Um, yeah, I think we can do that. Yeah. There's the, the one that's, I think people have been talking about the most for modern is the new land. It's called Baseju Who Endures. It's a legendary land that taps for green, comes into play untapped, and it has channel a green and one. It is disenchant only, or I think it's disenchant, and they get to search for a basic land type right it's it's more than that okay i'll let (laughs) you i'll let you read it yeah um as you mentioned it's legendary land taps for green has channel one and green you discard it to destroy target artifact enchantment or non-basic land an opponent controls that player may search their library for a land card with a basic type put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle, and it costs one less to activate for each legendary creature you control. So because it's just one in green, I think if you have one legendary creature, it'll just cost green. Um, I know when I read it, I originally thought it just meant get a basic, but I think it says uh, basic basic land type, Mm -hmm. so you can actually get your duels, your triomes, whatever. Um, So it's not like it's going to really very easily be like strip mining people or something it's somewhat reminiscent of like assassin's trophy um of course you can't counter this anything like that but it only hits artifact enchantments on basic lands so i think it's best against like you know you can hit your urza sagas i I think it's it's really really good in jun saga um you know it's obviously good with ren um if you have multiple you just play the other and it goes to the graveyard for Ren to pick up so you can start using it. 
Um, so it's definitely good there. And it's just basically a forest with an upside. Um, but I, you know, that, that deck's mana is kind of a nightmare. So, um, I don't know how that's going to look exactly. Maybe they can only run it as a one of, and they have to like get it off of map or they have to like reclaimer it and then sack it. But that, that all seems clunky. If, if you're, you know, this is your plan against Tron, then you don't really want to wait till turn four plus to do it. Um, I actually think it's good in Tron because they just like tutor it with a map and, you know, they can then kill your, maybe it's your blood moon or what, you know, whatever it is that's stopping them from having Tron. Um, it's probably also good in Amulet, even if it's decent against Amulet, because you know, it hits their uh, Saga, their Amulet, their Dryad. But same deal, they can just like tutor it, they can play it, and then pick it up with a Karoo land. Um, the other place I think it's maybe decent is Cascade, because you can blow up problematic cards without having to worry about cascading into it. So, you know, it's like your disenchant that you can still not care about Cascade. So um you know i guess the biggest one is just uh chalice of the void because it, it doesn't hit to fairy yeah it'll be interesting to see if that card hurts or help more deck like tron if it helps them more getting rid of the unerring permanence or if it hurts them more just getting getting their land destroyed and um as far as living end go land that taps only for green that's almost a spell you know just the the one basic force is, is there to fetch but it's already leads to some awkward draws or mulligans sometimes so yeah you mentioned it mana is, is really tight right now in modern in these john decks it's you're you almost have to count that card as a, as a spell maybe play one or two max in the main maybe maybe more after sideward in specific matchups but it is all scary that it it might make Ren even better than it already is. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest worry, right? Is like Ren is already one of the best cards in modern and all of these, you know, legendary lands that are also spells is just, it's just going to be, you know, it's just more things to make Ren better. Um, I, I, I am of the opinion, I don't think at least the ones we've seen so far push it really that much more over the top than it already is. Um, you know, I mean, this card... For instance, like if I had Ren and Six and this against Hammer, it seems really good, right? But you're gonna ramp them and then they're gonna like get and play Luris more quickly because you've ramped them. So it's it's you know, it's certainly good. I think it'll see play, but I, I don't look at this and, and think like, oh my goodness, like you know, the, the sky is falling. They're uh, they're saying you're muted. I I can hear you, but the whole chat is yelling about you being muted. I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah, it's muted on on OBS. I was muted on OBS. Whoops. <laughs> That's why you could you could hear me through Discord. Good call, chat. All right. So I was saying, next card that looked kind of interesting to me is Tezzeret Betrayer of Flesh, blue blue two for Planeswalker that comes into play with four loyalty. It has a, a passive that says the first activated ability of an artifact to activate each turn costs two less to activate. So we were trying to figure out if it was all your artifacts once a turn or just one artifact once a turn. Something that comes to mind are Expedition Map, uh, equipping a Nettlesis or a Shadow Spear. Um, and it does, it has obviously more text than that. It has a plus one that's draw two cards and discard two cards unless you discard an artifact. A minus two that says target artifact becomes an artifact creature. If it isn't a vehicle, it has base power and toughness for four. So that's forever, not just until end of turn. And then an ultimate minus six, you get an emblem was whenever an artifact you control becomes tapped, draw a card, which should win you the game pretty fast. So that card seemed kind of strong to me as competing was cards like Urza, cards like Karn. But I feel like if you can abuse the, the passive, you get you get kind of you kind of get two mana back and it has pretty solid stats. So that card might be interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm not sold just yet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess just Urza already probably making you two or maybe more mana plus like the additional body is you know really good. But um, uh, there's just like so many things for all those like artifact decks. I mean, I'm sure you know this. You've been you've been toying around with Affinity, and I, I'm sure half the the time your chat is just joking like make it a Yorion deck. You you can't make the cuts. <laughs> yeah, no, it's tough. Urza has been really strong in that slot. Um, really, really impressed was just good old Urza. Mm -hmm. There's also a card that's kind of cute. Tameshi Reality Architect. It's a 2-3-4 blue and 2. It's, it's a lot of text. But basically what it does is when... I guess I should just read it because it'll probably <laughs> go faster than trying to explain what it does. So it's a 2-3 legendary creature, Moonfall Wizard. Whenever one or more non-creature permanents are returned to hand, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn, and it has an activated ability. White and X, return a land you control to its owner's hand, return target artifact or enchantment card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, activate only as a sorcery. So... One scenario that comes to mind is you play it on four, you pay a white, you return a land, you get back a bubble, because X is zero. It, it did as a sorcery, so you can bounce your Urza Saga, but you can't do it with a third trigger on the stack. And it, it doesn't work with on summons or anything. It is non-creature permits I need to bounce. It, it works with bounce lands, I guess, potentially. Not sure mm -hmm. Titan would be interested in a card like that, but they they have that can get back your amulets and I don't know. It, it looks a little too expensive and cute for modern. I don't know if you think that card could be any good. It's I mean it's cool. I, I think probably the best application is Urza's Saga, right? Like you can return an Urza Saga from your graveyard to play as well as resetting ones in play if you wanted to. Um so that's kind of interesting, but it's a lot of mana and 
I mean, it's, it's, it's in that same kind of ballpark as, as Tezzeret, right? It, like it's competing with all those artifact cards. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I sort of doubt it'll see very much play. Yeah. Last card that caught my eye on kind of day one of the, the previews is the reality chip. It's a blue and one, an O4 legendary artifact creature equipment jellyfish. So it's an O4. It says you may look at the top card of your library anytime. And as long as a reality chip is attached to a creature, you may play lands and cast spells from the top of your library, which I believe is future sight's ability. And how do you mm -hmm. attach it? It has reconfigure, which was one of the new mechanics which is a blue and two attached to target creature you control or unattached from a creature reconfigure only as a sorcery while attached. This isn't a creature. So mm -hmm. as it says in the name, it is an equipment and a creature. So reconfigure is a little like an equipment cost. And I like that it's a cheap ish artifact and it has all value was the looking effect, you know, fetch lands, etc. You can get all value there, plan your turns better, sequence better. And the ability can always be threatened to take over the game in a in a in a long game, just getting getting future sides. Right. It's um it's certainly interesting. I, I think uh chat just brought up that you can actually equip these with Sigarda's aid. So like if you just played reality chip, you can use aid to equip it right away, which is kind of interesting because um, it is an equipment type as well. So, you know, legendary artifact creature equipment jellyfish, which if that's not the coolest thing you've ever heard, I, I don't know why you're playing magic. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, apparently they just spoiled the, uh... The, the the red lands in the uh -oh. in the cycle Sukenzan origin de la resistencia oh it's in spanish let's see how good my spanish is so it's red it comes into play on tap it's legendary it taps for red well it's not red it taps for red that's channel a red and free discard it from your hand create two token creatures spirits colorless one one they have haste until end of turn, and it costs you one less to channel for each legendary control. So I believe it's a red and free get two one one haste. Yeah. If if my Spanish is not rusty. There's a translation here that I'm looking at, and you you got it. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, Spanish is really close to French, so it's kind of cheats. <laughs> Right. And, and I was actually almost fluent at some points a long time ago. I've just been bad at Spanish my whole life. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting if people find a room for at least one. It feels like almost free, right? They come in to play on tab, they tap for colored mana, but between Blood Moon and, you know, it's so hard to build mana bases in modern, even when you're only playing two color. You still want to play maybe Urza Saga or Field of Rune, and you can't really even do that. So uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's... this is maybe like a creativity card, but I would guess it's probably a creativity card not in modern because you know more lands that you play that aren't mountains is bad for Dwarven Mine, and of course being able to just fetch your dude instead of having to pay mana is better. 
yeah um, another another scary one for ren and six right you yeah. could just play that and you can channel at instant speed i believe yeah of course and you can just play kind of counter counter sakenzan just say go whenever they don't do anything boom two one ones get it back rinse repeats yeah, I mean it's that's like a little bit better than just uh, Castle Ardenvale every turn, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's cat it's it's super Castle Ardenvale with extra steps, so yeah. I you know it certainly does something. Um, I know a lot of people seem to be excited about this one. I'm kind of curious if you have any thoughts on this. I I maybe I'm just like hard to impress or something because I feel like all of them I'm just like eh. Uh, but um, this one is sort of, I, I think it's paying homage to Toshiro Umazawa and um, Umazawa's Jet. It is Life of Toshiro Umazawa. It's one black. It's a saga. Uh, so chapter one is choose one. Target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Or you gain two life. The second chapter is the same thing. And then the third chapter you exile it and then return it to the battlefield transformed as a enchantment creature, human samurai two, three that has pay one life add a black spend this mana only to cast an instant or sorcery spell. So yeah, I don't quite get it. It doesn't seem if anything, the blue, the blue one looked a little better. Hmm. Because the first, yeah, I think the first two abilities um, don't seem. I mean, I guess they're kind of versatile, but kills Ragavan. I guess is maybe what people are thinking of: killing Ragavans and DRCs, gaining life against Baron. Yeah, seems like you would want to play a deck that has one drop, so you can at least use a plus two, plus two, as well. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. I think it's like flavor-wise, this card is so cool, right? Like the the instant sorcery thing is like the Tishirum is our card the plus two plus two minus one minus one gain two life is like the jet but i think in practice it's not you know the yeah. whole thing with jet is that it, it snowballs you can do it at instant speed this is like you get one of them at a time and then it's just a two three and... yeah yeah no yeah um yeah no i agree i mean it's tough to make the tough for some for cards to make the the cut in modern i think you're you're probably right in your assessment that a lot of these cards we talked about are not gonna end up seeing a ton of play or maybe, but, but that's maybe, maybe that's where you want to be yeah no for sure um yeah i guess we we talked about the 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 archon deck modern we talked about the the no bands some of the new cards i don't know if there was Anything else you wanted to talk about? There's um, one more new spoiled card. Yeah. I can find it here that I think is worth mentioning in Secluded Courtyard, which is it's basically unclaimed territory, except you can also um, add mana of any color to uh, activate an ability of a creature of that type. So it's still the whole unclaimed territory thing that you choose so like for instance if you chose human you could pay the mana for human and then also activate an ability of a human with that mana um so it's basically just another rainbow land for a deck like humans and i think that's vaguely interesting if you needed an extra one now you can play 12 um so that could be good yeah i know i know i've 
can't remember the specifics, but I've ran into spots where I wish these lands could be used to do exactly what Courtyard does, activate the ability and not just um, cast them. So that that's kind of cool. I think one of the applications, or standard anyways, will be Nanjutsu. Mm-hmm. You get to, to use it to pay the Nanjutsu, the colored Nanjutsu cost. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. No. Um cool, cool. Well, um I I guess that uh, leads us to what we usually do at the end of every app. Mm-hmm. We usually play the price is right, but may, maybe we'll skip uh we'll skip that one because um or we can do it up to you. It's like usually we like pick a card and then we try to guess the price and we look it up on, on card market to see uh what the 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 price is and whoever gets closer wins. Um but uh, let's You've explained it, so okay. you might as well, right? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, okay, let's see. I wonder if they already have prices. No, for the new cards, no, that doesn't make sense. No way. Um all right. I don't know. I'll let you pick a card that's maybe a card out of the out of your modern deck. Oh, okay. Uh this is the paper price, right? Yeah. Sure. Let, let's do creativity. I, I, I don't, I have no idea how much it's worth. So <laughs> let's see. Yeah. All right. So usually what we do is we just come up with a guess and we kind of say it at the same time. So what, what creativity is what? Like it's like a rare. Mm-hmm. I actually got a few on Magic Online not long ago and they were, I don't think they were very expensive at all, but I'm not sure. No, I think it's it's definitely a cheaper card. Yeah. Um, but you know, paper is its own animal. Yeah. I are we guessing in euros? <laughs> oh yeah, we we can do yeah we we usually euros it's uh all 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 three euros of us, but it's it's kind of like pretty similar to what dollars would be. So I, I need I, a conversion rate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, try hard. That's oh, right. Cre- oh, know, cre- I, I gotta... Creativity is a mythic, apparently. Ooh. I did not know. Oh, that. it's it's very close. It's like uh a euro is a dollar and eleven cents. Yeah. So. I thought it was more than that. I thought it was like a dollar fifty or something, but all right. Um, I have I have my guess whenever you're ready. Okay. Uh I'll say I'll say two Euros. Yeah, I was gonna say two before they said it was a mythic, so I went with five. Ooh, all right. Okay, how do I spell that? Oh, Creativité Indomptable. That's probably it. <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. So we usually do the average price on the last seven days, and it's actually 10 euros. Whoa. And it's even at uh, 12, around 12.50 right now. Maybe that's your doing. Maybe maybe Minguchi playing. <laughs> I see a lot of orders from like a lot of Italian flags next to the name so maybe Minguchi fling the deck a bit as a but yeah <laughs> no I, I sabotaged myself you know <laughs> wait am I do I know how to read that graph though it, it, this is because I yeah I have it in French I'm always actually confused when I'm on a website in French I'm so used to English everywhere but yeah <laughs> now yeah the trend is 10 euros okay we we both undershot it I usually overshoot it a lot of, this time I was kind of conservative cool Mm. all right and we also do life on the line 
for those of you who don't know what life on the line is, it's a theoretical tournament. If you win the tournament, you live. If you lose, you die, and you have to bring one deck out of the formats we've talked about. So this week it's gonna be modern, and I just realized I didn't really talk about what I had been playing this week. Did I play really anything much different than what I played last week? I played more of the Glimpse of Tomorrow deck with Omnath. I thought that deck was really strong, but my results have not been as good as I would want. I've tried Stoneforge Mystic and Blue-White Affinity. That went pretty well. A lot of people playing that Blue-White Affinity deck. People have tried Esper too with Blood Fountain. I was not super impressed with the Black Splash, even though Blood Fountain itself is an amazing card. I'm not sure it's quite worth the Splash. And um, yeah, I actually played a decent bit of Modern this week, but yeah, a lot of Affinity was pretty good. Some more of that that Glimpse deck, I liked it. I, I kind of like that deck, but my sample size not. Do you have an opinion on the Glimpse of Tomorrow deck? Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Um, you know, there's sort of this like scale of uh, how fair the Cascade decks are and like what their interaction is, where it's like, I think Living End probably is the weakest to hate because obviously Graveyard hate as well as Cascade hate, but it's like the most powerful effect, right? Um, whereas like Rhinos is like very, you know, you just put your four fours in and you have like otherwise decent interaction. Um, and it, the, the, the glimpse one is like kind of hard to put my finger on because you also just play these creatures that are just fine. Right. Like you just like play your season pyromancer. Um, I know the one you were on plays Karn, which I don't know that I really get, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would not play that deck like it, it, if I was going into a tournament I would I would not play play that one but I I think it, it's certainly fine I mean it, it won that the, the the challenge that I got fifth in and it, it beat me there so I yeah <laughs> I maybe can't say too much yeah I played a few leagues with it it's felt strong there's old variants for sure and I Karn I was kind of lukewarm at first but it grew on me it, it does a lot of cool things in the format getting getting shard agent is good it's a pretty good hit of of the, of the glimpse too but yeah it's it's hard to get I feel like a lot of people think it's fine I feel like it's a little better than fine I even mm -hmm. I I think I that's what I played in the showcase this week I was kind of I thought I was actually going to do quite well and I think I was doing well for a while and then I I think I messed up a bit or got, a little, uh, got some really, really unlucky flips. Uh, mm -hmm. I hit like some 2% or free kits and uh, where I think it was seven permanents and I only flipped four cards. So I break three times when I had only five bricks in my deck. So, <laughs> you know, literally bottom maybe one or 2% all of hits. So that was, that was when I was free and 0 I think something like that. So that was, a little disappointed or two and oh, but uh, yeah, I, I I kind of I kind of like that deck. I think yeah. it's, it's maybe a little underrated. We'll, we'll see. So yeah, life on the line. Got to bring one deck. You win, you live. You lose, you die. What what are you bringing, uh, Spider Space? Well, is winning like first place, or what? What are we considering? Considering first place? Yes, <laughs> you, you have to win the tournament or else you die. I rem oh, reminder: it's just theoretical. Okay. Well, so I, I mean, oh, it's just, I, so I'm not going to die. No. <laughs> um, I've been really enjoying creativity and realistically, like that's, I, I think I'll probably play the challenge this week and I probably will play that again. But if I was like, oh, I have to get first place, I feel like I would pick something a little more polarized. 
Um, I I think I would actually just play Dredge. I feel like that deck is really good right now. There's like very little graveyard hate. Uh, I feel like it's bad into hammer, but there's like very little hammer right now. I I think Dredge would just be a good choice right now. All right. I'm always impressed when people feel like they have a good enough grasp on what the online meta is to, to, to make meta calls. I feel like it's just kind of all random and just still so diverse. Um, <laughs> I, and even just knowing which the, the matchups, there's just so many different matchups. I feel like I've played a lot of modern and I'm not sure I could you know, exactly tell you how X or Y matchup goes. I guess a lot of matchups are just run pretty close together. Anyways, what what would I I think I'm I think I'm just I would just play that glimpse deck actually. I think that's I'm probably either gonna play that or blue eyed artifact this weekend in the modern challenge, but hmm. I've, yeah, I've kind of I've been impressed. Maybe I'm I'm just, you know, all getting a little emotionally attached to the deck and it's clouding my judgment, but I still I'm still a believer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to know if you're getting unlucky. I feel like it's a little like living in where I feel like even when I'm I'm getting unlucky, things still go pretty well. And if mm-hmm. I run good, I think things go really well. So yeah, I guess I'll just go with glimpse glimpse of tomorrow this this week. Interesting. I don't I, I feel like my whole dredge thing is like, you know, I, I, I think I could get top eight with Indomitable, but I'm gonna lose in top eight. <laughs> So maybe Dredge is like the like you know you've moved all your marbles in like there's there's no shot. It's like all right, I'm either getting first or I'm dead in the first round. So yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You even shuffled a, a bit uh, your work schedule a bit for us, or it was supposed to be for us. It was for for me and I guess for for us for the everyone listening. Um, is there do you want to shout out your socials or any kind of shout outs before we go sure um yeah i can uh so i guess you can find me on twitch at spider space uh twitter is spider space mtg um and then of course our podcast mishra's babble and we're actually going to be coming back we've been on a little bit of a hiatus but we're, we should be recording an episode this Friday. So look for that. So is that usually weekly and mostly modern? Yeah, uh, we had been weekly and we moved to, to bi-weekly and it is modern. Yeah. Yikes. We're getting our getting my listeners poached this week. Should have played around it. <laughs> That's why you, you invited me on. I had to, you know, it's like, ooh, the competition. Yoink. Yeah. I mean, hey, thanks for having me on, though. This yeah. is a blast. I'm going to steal a page out of Harry's book. I'm not going to shoot out myself. Just going to shoot, shoot, give a shout out, you know, hopefully you stick with us or, you know, start listening to both. But yeah, if you made it this far in the episode, we really appreciate you. And thank you so much for listening. Hope you all have a great week and we'll see you next time.